Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite to Queen's Claim Your Career Crown podcast. I'm your host, Lynn, and today I'm joined by our wonderful guest, Eric Whitmoyer. And today we're going to be talking about why your sales strategy and goals must align for success. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Eric because this is going to be a phenomenal conversation. He is a highly accomplished, no-nonsense executive, speaker, author, and business coach. Eric is an entrepreneur who has owned over a dozen different businesses and spent 20 years as an executive leader of two $100 million companies and been responsible for generating over $1.6 million in sales during that time. Eric leverages his skills and experience to lead companies to peak success. Among his many achievements, Eric is recognized as an advanced certified trainer in the success principles, a certified instructor of the Barrett Value Center, has certificates in multiple sales and leadership programs, and has authored books on goal setting, time management, and business. My goodness, when do you sleep? And even with all of his professional success, Eric is most proud of his role as husband, father, and grandfather. Eric, my goodness gracious, so glad to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. I'm looking forward to this conversation. All right. And as I'm I, and for any of you who are joining us for that very first time, make sure you don't miss a single episode by subscribing to Claim Your Career Crown wherever you get your podcasts. And while I'm talking about this, If you love our show and you love what we're doing, please take another moment and give us a five-star review. We would very much appreciate it. Well, Eric, you have had such an incredible career. I would love to hear sort of what inspired you to get started along your current journey uh, with your current business and the coaching and consulting that you do. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Um, (laughs) Where it came from, that's a great question. Uh, I will tell you that uh, like many people who maybe grew up on the other side of the tracks, like myself, uh, blue collar, working middle class, I uh, went to school with a bunch of kids that, uh, that drove Mercedes and BMWs and uh, I, drove, I rode a 10-speed bike. <laughs> and I, I looked at them and I'm like, I want more for myself when I get older. And, and so I had a burning desire. My, my father and mother both taught me a very, um, very important thing about uh, work ethic, uh, having a strong work ethic and how important that was. Uh, I wasn't very entrepreneuristic necessarily um, when I was younger, but um, a couple of early experiences in my lifetime re- may, uh, helped me to recognize that uh, if I was really going to make the kind of money that I wanted to make, if I was going to have the kind of impact that I wanted to have, that it was going to, it was going to require me to become an entrepreneur. So Um, I went about it. I call it the chicken entrepreneur approach. Uh, I went and worked for some companies. I learned how to run their companies and got them to pay me really well to run their companies. And while I was doing that, I took the money that I was making from them and I started businesses. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, the drive really early on, I was was an athlete. I played a lot of different sports. I was relatively good, but I wasn't ever good enough to really make that leap to the next level. Sure. And so I had this burning desire to really kind of um, prove what I was capable of. 
And uh, I was able to demonstrate that and or uh, have that play out in uh, in the business world. So that's where I, uh, where I guess that where that drive comes from. Oh, right. Well, that's phenomenal. And you do something very specific with your clients and really helping them um, position them, you know, for growth. And I would love yes. to hear more about what you do and how you do it. And if you have some kind of process or methodology that you really rely on. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and, and uh, just an interesting side note, as I got into business coaching, uh, when I got out of my career, we actually sold the last $100 million company. We sold it for $84 million, and it was a nice uh, education for me, right? I uh, I was a an executive, a well-paid executive, but I was not an owner. I got what we call a change of control bonus. And um, when I got that bonus, it was a very nice bonus. Uh, it was not life-altering, like I had been impressed upon that that was going to what it was going to look like for me. And so I was like, darn, I'm not retiring on this. I got to I got to figure out what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And that's how I got into business coaching. And when I first got into business coaching, a lot of the clients that came to me, knowing the experience that I had had with the larger organizations, they're like, well, how do I do this? And, you know, how can I improve my business this way? And I, after my first couple of clients, I quickly recognized that my skill set, although I thought it was going to be better suited for the bigger companies, and certainly I could make an impact with them, there's lots of people competing for that category. Uh, what I found was the, the the clients that I really resonated with the most were the ones that were the sub-million dollar category, looking to strive to get into the million and multi-million dollar category uh, yeah. from a revenue perspective. And so what I really started hanging my hat on was, let me show you how to scale your business. And I had done that obviously with two larger organizations. Uh, the first or the last one that we sold, we actually started our, our first year. We did just short of a million dollars. Uh, wow. We lost a half a million dollars in the process of selling that, that million dollars. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that was where we started. And then, you know, uh, 12 years later, we were doing over a hundred million a year um, and had that nice exit. But um, so I was very familiar with what it was like, you know, uh, you know, and then uh, the 12 businesses that I've had, it's probably closer to 14 or 15 now, but um, many of them, small businesses, coffee shops, uh, leads companies, things like that. So having that type of experience, I could relate with that small business owner. And so what I had read quite a bit about and, and recognized with my early experiences was a lot of these small business owners struggled with how to delegate effectively um, how to impl uh, implement a, a, a sales process, right? That was one of the big opportunities. I know that, that resonates with you, Lynn. Um, <laughs> but a, a, an effective sales process that would allow them to grow and scale and eventually hand off those types of responsibilities to somebody so they can actually run their business as opposed to be having their business run them, which is often what I saw with many of my clients. <laughs> so I started breaking down my strategy and, and, you know, initially I came in and said, I, I could see everything that was wrong. And I started tying together a structure so that I could actually create a step-by-step -step process to lead them through. And, um, you know, um, I've even now working on, on a series of, um, uh, uh, not surveys, but uh, questionnaires, basically, that help people ascertain quickly, you know, what gaps they have. So everybody has different skill sets. And so one of the first things that I do as a coach, and I teach my coaches to do when we come into a with a client, is to recognize where their strengths are based on their previous career experience or what they've been doing up to this point, and then help uncover the opportunities where we can grow and improve. 
And then that's where we focus our coaching is to, to really kind of hone in on those areas that are gaps uh, and figure out ways to, to bolster those up so they can have a, a, a better runway to uh, achieve their goals. All right. Well, I am all about identifying those gaps as well. I think that's so critical. And that really does hold you back in many ways from being able to push forward and to grow effectively. So so this sort of maybe this question will hit home a little bit because it's more personal, but because of your stellar career and the work you do, was there ever anything that held you back that was a stumbling block that you had to sort of look at and go, okay, and get around it, get over it, overcome? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I wish you hadn't asked that question, but yeah, <laughs> no, it's easy. <laughs> it's easy. No, it was, uh, you know, honestly, um, uh, the work that I did. So uh, the Jack, you referenced the success principles. Uh, Jack Canfield is my mentor. And uh, I initially got certified as a life coach, uh, 2012, 2013, I think it was 2014, somewhere in there. And uh, I recognized at that time that if I was going, I was a really good leader, not to boast too much, but <laughs> I, I was getting a lot of success, right? Uh, and what I had realized was that I was getting a lot of success, but there was an there was an opportunity for me to become a better leader. And I didn't realize that until I went to this um, full immersion workshop with Jack. And in that that workshop, there were a few things um, that uh, that were uh, blocks, right? Personal development blocks that I had been um, managing with, and uh, I they were would have were going to dramatically make an impact for me. I didn't realized it at the time, quite honestly, it was the epiphany was at the end of the week after I completed the workshop was when it really kind of came true. Um, but it, it taught me to, um, I was very much your, your typical type A personality, you know, get things done, push, 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 run through walls, whatever it took. And I got re- results that way. And so I didn't see any reason to change. Um, but um, in that week long event, I, I learned how to appreciate people better. I learned how to be more grateful for what I had in my life. And uh, I learned to, um, uh, you know, open up more and tell my personal story, which I had not done, as I felt like there were things that I was maybe not necessarily ashamed of, but not proud of. And so as I shared those, and, and I say not proud of, you know, it was the, um, uh, uh, the great story uh, for many people. Uh, um, my wife and I were divorced in 2008. Um, remarried in 2012, we're happily married now, uh, many years later, but um, is it 10 years now, I think, but uh, uh, it, it was, um, it, and it wasn't necessarily something I did wrong, it wasn't necessarily something she did wrong, it was something we did wrong collectively as a group, but um, it was some growth that I needed to go through, and ironically, it all played out in that week-long seminar, wow. and a lot of it was me dealing with the, you know, some things that I just was, uh, mental blocks, right, and it was, and it was um, programming from when I was a child, and it was the you're not good enough yeah. um, programming that uh, and it wasn't and it wasn't like my, my mother or my father um, intended to do it. It was just one of those things. And so ironically, in my career, I would say that I spent the better, better part of my first half of my career, uh, first half of those 20 some odd years um, trying to prove everybody I was worthy. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the second half of my career, the irony is that I've had more uh, pleasure in, in the success that I had, because I got to appreciate it more. I was grateful of what I was accomplishing. And, and instead of doing it for, to prove to somebody else, I was doing it for myself, which is yeah. uh, huge. But um, to bring that full circle, as I work with clients, 
um, you know, I often realized that all that life coaching uh, that I did, the certifications that I got come in very handy because most business owners have the same BS that everybody else has to deal with. And at the end of the day, you know, they're still processing things. They're still dealing with things. Many of them got into their own businesses uh, because they were trying to prove or accomplish something and, and they have blocks and, and things like that, that are holding them back. But yeah, for me, that was a, that was a big game changer. And really it was just learning to be more grateful and, and recognizing that I was worthy. Yeah. Well, that's, that's an incredible story and journey that you went through. And thank you so much <laughs> for sharing that. And I, and I love how you've tied it back in to working with your clients, because there are things that we commonly see that will hold people back. Um, and uh, along with this of maybe not feeling that they're worthy or have to work harder to prove something, when you're specifically working on helping people put in those processes, you know, and align their goals for success, um, what's some of the common themes that you find that are is holding people back? Mm, great question. Uh, many times what I'll find is it, it is um, particularly companies that have been around for a period of time, almost always when they're family-owned companies, meaning it's a second or a third generation family-owned company, or a, 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 an owner who's had it for a long period of time and looking to transition, it's, it's, this is how we've always done it. Okay. And oh. I often, yeah. And it's, uh, and it's I, it's, not broken, don't phrase. fix it. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes, exactly. But, you know, and the irony is, is when I was a kid, uh, many, many, many years ago, um, you know, that was, uh, you know, when I was early on and as a manager, that was, that just used to irk me so bad. I'm like, well, it, you know what, if there weren't easier, better ways to do things than people, there would be no growth in the world. So <laughs> I am certain if we dug deep enough, you know, and, and my, I learned this from, uh, Anthony Robbins, my favorite phrases. I know you believe it's perfect the way that it is right now. However, if there was a better way to do it, how do you think we would go about doing that? Yeah. And that's a phrase that I've literally had to, I wouldn't say coin necessarily, but I have to say on a regular basis, because often what I find is people are so entrenched in the way that they do things that they lose sight of how to be creative and, and, and what they can do differently and adapt. And I see that even more so now because I spent 20 years in the technology world in the wireless industry, and I watched things evolve, right? I remember when the most, the coolest thing you could do on a phone was play Snake, the game Snake. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's always good for a laugh. Uh, and now, I mean, look what we can do on a phone. Right. And so I tell people all the time, I'm like, you have to be willing to embrace technology the way the world is today. I don't care what business you're in. And if you're not, you're, you're going to have major gaps in your business. And so I have to really get them to come to realize that, that if they're not willing to adapt, they're going to get left behind. And it's even more true now than it was 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, no, so I think that's a, a big thing. Yeah, I would agree that that complacency is just a killer. And uh, yeah. it, it really is. And it sneaks up on you faster than you'd ever imagine. And also, we don't carry around phones Absolutely. anymore. We carry around handheld computers that happen to be able to make a phone call. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, exactly. You, you know, know it's talk funny. about a paradigm shift. <laughs> you Totally. So I got a great story for you. In uh, the early 2000s, we were in Seattle. I was selling a Singular at the time. 
And uh, my team, I had a, a, a 26 stores. We built it to 26 stores over the course of two years. And uh, one, of my, one of my friends, and he was a district manager for me, he had a great phrase. And his phrase was, and this is 2002, 2001. Yeah. Okay. And his phrase was, what else would you like your phone to do besides make and receive phone calls? Yeah. And I was like, that's such an awesome phrase. All of my sales team is going to use that phrase going forward. That, that, that's what I'm going to introduce. Because it was literally the epitome of what else could we do with our phones. And people were just beginning to uncover what they could do with a cell phone at that time. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'd, I'd have to go back and like, a, you know, time frame, you know. Um, yeah, I still remember when we got our first fax machine. So that's how I go far back. And I remember <laughs> thinking like, okay, this is some new toy. And it was right. like, really? I mean, how will we ever use this? Within a month, I couldn't imagine living without it. And of course, when was the last time I sent or received a fax? I honestly, I couldn't. It's certainly been years. I don't remember. Totally. <laughs> but totally. the thing is, is that all of those things and, um, it's constantly evolving and changing. And I think that embracing that idea and the concept of continuous process improvement, it's not change. It's, you know, moving, dialing things forward. Um, and yeah. I love how that also aligns with success. And, you know, we were talking about specifically, um, you know, sales strategy and goals and how they need to align. Um, for success. And I'd like you to speak about that um, right now so that our audience can really understand, you know, what we mean by this. Yeah. And I would add, if I could, uh, one additional piece. One of the things that I learned early on in helping uh, my team set goals, uh, particularly sales goals throughout the, the time I was in the industry, um, it's not the goal uh, that, 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 that you're really trying to achieve. Um, it's, it's not the end goal, whatever the, the award, the attainment is, but it's about the person that you become in the process of achieving that goal. And when I first started sharing that with people, they're like, Oh, whatever, you know, it's like, yeah. that's a little too woo woo for me. Right. But, um, what, uh, what I really learned was, is that hey, at the end of the day, it's not the dollars. Like I was motivated by the dollars, but what, yeah. as a good leader, I started recognizing that my team, that there were the other motivations, right? And so I was like, okay, well, maybe it's not the actual dollars, but what can you do with those dollars? And for, I remember very vividly one of my first coaching sessions with a young lady, single mom. And she said to me, she's like, well, $4,000 commission check means I could take my daughter to Disneyland and we wouldn't have to worry what everything costs. Yeah. And I'm like, perfect. We have now found your why, right? And now we can yeah. tie that back to your sales goal and we and you're going to be motivated every day that you show up to know exactly why you're trying to hit that sales number. Say it's a hundred phones or whatever it was, and because that's going to lead you to that four thousand dollar commission check that you're going to be able to take and spend on your daughter, right? Yeah. In that for that Disney excursion. But um, it, that was a super important component for me to really truly understand and 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 more importantly teach to my my sales team, my leadership group, so that they could extend that to their team because. You know, a number doesn't mean anything to a lot of people, yeah. right? But uh, it, so it, it all depends on how they think. I'm a very analytical, mathematical person. So I'm like looking at the numbers, trying to figure that out. But I have to remember it. Not everybody thinks the way I do mm -hmm. and kind of dial that back and help them understand and tie that back for them. And then I think the other thing that I have to remind people of is the values that they carry. If 
if your values don't align with the goals that you're setting for yourself, whether that's right. sales or, or your business growth or whatever, um, you won't attain them no matter how bad yeah. you think you want them. Right. And that was one of the other things that really resonated with me uh, as I, as I grew as a leader was recognizing that people, you know, they, they would come in and we, we'd sit down and we put a goal together and then, you know, Lynn, you wouldn't achieve your goal. Well, why didn't you achieve your goal? And in, in my conversation with you, I realized that it just didn't align with you. You didn't, it didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't something, not only were you not passionate about it, it just didn't align with you and your values. And we would talk about, well, what, what is important to you? And again, right. the more I dug into that, the more I realized, okay, well, this is how I motivate you. And right. now that I know how to motivate you, I can help align, you know, what you do in, within the organization and how that helps the company grow and allows you to do what you want to do. So there was a lot that went into that. And that's a, a big piece of what I learned that helped me dramatically. And when I wrote my book, Success with Goals, it, the subtitle is um, uh, Success with Goals, Designing a Life with Purpose. Right. Right. So when you're out achieving those goals, those goals are aligned with your personal values. And I know that early on in my first couple of sales jobs that I did, whether it was security systems or people are giving me goals and I'm like, I, 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 it doesn't, I don't, I'm not connecting with that. It doesn't make right. sense to me or I don't believe the way that we're approaching this strategy. Um, so anyway, that, I guess that's a, I maybe got a little off on tangent there, but that, no. that, that was something that was really important to me. No, it is. It's very so. true. And different things motivate different people and understanding those motivations help you, you know, make sure that things are in alignment because then that becomes achievable and that you're yeah. actually excited about uh, uh, making that happen. And so for the Absolutely. listeners who've tuned in, what's sort of that piece of advice that you would give them on aligning, you know, their goals and their sales strategy? Um, something they could do today, tomorrow, or this week. So I, I, I can't, uh, I probably can't break this down any simpler than just basically define the goal that aligns with you and then back into that and whatever timeline is. I actually, I used to spend a lot of time about looking at 20 years down the road <laughs> and then, uh, then, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, the older I get, I'm like, well, I don't know if I have 20 years anymore. <laughs> I need to shorten up my timeline. But, uh, um, but yeah, but it, it, if you look out a year, I think, um, again, it was probably Anthony Robbins that I remember very specifically. He said, we, we as humans um, underestimate, overestimate what we can do in a day and underestimate what we can do in a year. Yeah. And that really resonated with me, you know, throughout my career. And so I would challenge people and say, you know what, if, if, if a year looks too big to you, break it down to a quarter. Yeah. Break it down to a month, right? And then build on that, right? But take it, start with that end picture in mind and back into it. And what would it take until you get to what the, the very granular, what do I need to do today? Right. And right. what I have found over the years that what's helped me achieve the, the things that I've achieved. I mean, writing the book, I joke with all the time. I literally did a presentation the other day. And I, when I wrote my first book, Success with Goals, I said to people, I said, you know what? That book took me four years to write. And I'm like, actually, that's not true. It took me 60 days to write it. it. took me four years to get on my own head to decide I was going to write it or that I was worthy to write it, right? So, but um, yeah, in the end of the day, I literally, all I did was I sat down, I wrote out the outline, and then I just, I wrote a page a day. 
And a page wasn't really a page. It really ended up becoming two and three and four and five pages, but because the momentum would build and there's all these other principles that come into play that allow you to accelerate that growth. But the big thing that I think that is you take the, you know, it's a, um, you know, eat the elephant one bite at a time. It's take the picture that you want, the end goal that you want back into it. And what do I need to do today and each and every day? And then I, I follow the rule of five. I do five things a day to allow me to progress towards that. So if it's five phone calls I need to make, if it's five emails I need to send, if it's five, whatever it is, I build on that. I do five things towards my goal that I'm going to achieve each day till I, till I hit that goal. And whether that's, you know, a sales number or um, uh, something I want to attain in my business, whatever it is, that's basically how I break down my goals and how I go after them. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. It really aligns with, you know, I always have this sort of saying that you eat a meal one bite at a time and it's the same principle that you're going to achieve this yep. goal one step at a time. So, oh, Eric, yep. thank you so much for sharing why your sales strategy and goals must align for success. And I know our listeners are going to want to know more about you and your business. Where can they find more about you and connect with you? Absolutely. Yeah. The best place to, uh, to, to see more about my biz coaches is actually at my B-I-Z biz coaches, E-S, uh, the plural, dot com. Uh, that's the best place to find uh, any information on us. You can actually schedule for a, a free consultation. We do a 45-minute consultation with anybody that's um, interested in learning more about what our, our process is and how we help businesses. Uh, so I strongly encourage people to start there. That's the uh, best place to find us and, and, and set something up. Okay. And we'll make sure that that backlink is below. So you are just one click away. And Eric, thank you. Excellent. And thank you, everyone who tuned in today. This has been such a fabulous conversation. And if you have ideas that you would like to share we love hearing your thoughts. You can leave us a comment down below. And if you have a question or would like to suggest topics for discussion, please email us at jointheconversation at petitetoqueen.com. And to stay current on all of our insightful advice, breakthrough advantages, and incredible episodes like the one today with Eric, please sign up for our weekly wisdoms newsletter at petitetoqueen.com. And you can find out about all of the services that we offer at Petite to Queen. I want to thank you and everyone who tuned in again for listening. And Eric, thank you so much. This has been an incredible show and I really appreciate your coming on today. Lynn, thank you so much. It was an honor and I really appreciate the time and it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you.